welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So uh, we're talking about managing money God's way. You want to keep looking at this or not? I, you know, we can call it there if you like. I got two more messages. It'll change your life. But, you know, I could be like some of those American preachers and just not preach if you don't clap loud enough. You like that? You want me to do that? Hey, I'm preaching good, but you're not listening. You're not clapping. But it's all right. You don't have to get too excited, but at least stay awake. Can we just agree on that? Um, so we began a couple of weeks ago and we, we talked about the fact that God's got ways, we quoted from Isaiah, the ways of God higher than our ways and that we want to catch his ways and that'll affect our attitudes regarding every part of our life and particularly we're talking about how we deal with finances and uh, of course one of those attitudes or approaches that we have to money is this issue of stewardship that says, look, it's not really mine, everything I have, whether I've got it in my hands or not, ultimately it's God's. And I'm really just a steward or a caretaker, a servant of God, looking after what I have, money and all other material stuff while I'm here on earth, and I want to do it for his glory. And and then flowing out of that is this other attitude that we talked last week about having faith, trusting in God, Jehovah Jireh, our great provider, and saying, well, he's going to look after us. We heard some great uh, stories about that, that provision over the communion, just how God will look after you um, when you trust him. And then flowing out of that trust, out of the heartfelt attitude towards God uh, is, our atti- is our actions. Attitudes lead to actions. And, you know, essentially, of course, we understand the Christian faith is, a, is an issue of the heart. We, we come before God. We receive Jesus into our heart. We, we pray heartfelt prayers. We we, uh, we understand that we're spirit beings, that we are in a body, but we, we, our spirit will live on and we want to be engaged with God in our heart and we have the Holy Spirit speaking to us and leading us and guiding us and we get messages from the Word of God for our life and it's all in our heart. And so um, we know that our behaviour doesn't determine our relationship with God. Praise the Lord. Because <laughs> I'm looking around, some of you would really be on thin ice. Not looking in your direction, darling. Looking at the man behind you, Martin. Uh, he can handle it. Um, and so praise God for the grace of God. Our relationship with God is not based on our, our doing, our performance, our good works. It's on his grace. We receive salvation by grace, through faith. And, um, and, and then, having received that, Our hearts are changed and, of course, that leads to attitudes, that leads to actions. And so then we have a truly heartfelt consecration and devotion to God leading to certain behaviours, certain decisions, certain lifestyle. And and so then that will affect, our relationship with God will affect how we behave, how we act, what we do with stuff in our life, including what we do with our money. And so this is leading to the fact that we will end up tithing and giving as a key indicator of our relationship with God. And that's what I want to talk about today. And, um, and we'll look at a passage you may have come across before in the book of Malachi. 
because we see there, in fact, we see many times in Scripture, but very much in this passage, how tithing is closely connected to God's people relating to him, how they relate, how they connect, how they worship. Now, you may know, if you're looking there, um, uh, you know, back in the day, you'd, you'd sort of be concerned if there wasn't a rustling of pages. You know, the preacher would say, right, turn to the book of Malachi. Oh, come on, you know, and Russell, oh, it's a, he's still very quiet. And you can only trust that people aren't just, you know, checking Facebook posts. They're actually looking on the Bible app but or fishing app. What's the tides in Edelong at the moment? Yeah, just keep an eye on this guy. Um, now, you may know the book of Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament before these 400 silent years, the intertestamental period where there's no message from God for people in that part of the world. The Israelites had had so much input from God and they got right up to the book of Malachi and then nothing. And of course, that created this incredible need and void and vacuum for Jesus to come, bang, and we read from Matthew onwards. Um, But in Malachi, this is the last word from God for his people. And it's a word of rebuke because... The Israelites had come back to their promised land. They had returned to Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. They'd had the temple rebuilt. They had the old sacrificial systems in place and they had just gone slack. They had got really slack in their devotion to God, their worship for God, their their sacrifice to God, including their tithing. And this is reflecting how they'd slipped. And so God brings this rebuke And uh, in chapter 3, verse 7, we'll read five verses and then notice five things that apply to us today from it. Verse 7, this is um, God speaking through the prophet. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. So first of all, the tithe, as you may know, is referred to here. It means a tenth. And for them, agricultural society, uh, they would uh, have brought 10% of their crops, their produce, and they brought it to the temple. Of course, for us, uh, a tithe is just putting aside 10%, the first 10% of our income for God and his use and the consistent practice of that, which, of course, is easy to calculate. You can just, you know, move the decimal point because we've got a monetary system. A little harder if you've got, you know... Five cows and four of this size and one's that side and you have to work out, you know, but it's uh, easy with money. Um, and it's also a fair and equitable amount across the board because it's the same percentage, not necessarily the same amount. I love that story, uh, I think it's Mark 12, where Jesus 
commends a widow who's only got two small copper coins. Remember that? And she brings it in and he says, look at this. This is awesome. And of course, the treasurers of the temple would have gone, well, it's not awesome. It's going to make no difference to anything. Won't even buy us a packet of hand sanitizer, you know, um, if that's how clean they ran the temple back then. But, you know, um, but of course, Jesus commends her because of the heart involved and whether that was a, a tithe or an offering, we don't know. But, but the heart issue uh, is the deal here that God's wanting to, to, to attend to. Um, and so 10% is a good leveller because people can have different amounts of money. The Pharisees looking on at that time in that story, uh, you know, they may have been quite well off and some rich people for them to bring two copper coins would have been an issue of the heart, a reflection of a stingy heart. You know, and so uh, the 10% um, is, is a great um, leveller, as I said. So five things you see in this passage. First one is that tithing honours God. Because notice he says uh, in that first verse, return to me. Oh, was it the first verse? I've scrolled down. Uh, da, 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 da. No, it's verse, um, yeah, yeah, it's verse seven. Uh, return to me and I'll return to you. Um, we can keep it up there if you can, that scripture on there. Um, so he calls them, return with your tithes. And then he promises that he in turn will return to them, which really reminds me of James 4 verse 8, which you'll know is that promise that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so this is part of a, a heart of worship. It's honouring God and worshipping God, coming close to God. And he says the tithe is actually... Part of that, if, if, if you're serious about putting God first in your life and coming close to him and, and having a relationship with him, well, the, the money is, is sort of an aspect of that. It shows that we're serious about following him and, and giving him the first of our life and what we do with it. Of course, the tithe honours God because it builds his church. Uh, it, it, it provides for God's work to be done. And so that brings you know, glory to him. Um, and it also glorifies God when people receive the blessing from tithing because then their lives are full of stories, like we heard this morning of someone saying, well, I don't know how, but I tithe, I trust God, and things have worked out, and I, and I give glory to God. And so it, it, it brings uh, honour to him in that way. And so, as I said, the main issue, the, the, the honour of God, the, the drawing close to God, is the issue of the heart. Because, you know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be there. Where, you're, where you send your treasure. And so this is why God wants people to tithe and to give. Not that he needs our money, but he knows it's good for our heart. And our heart follows wherever we invest. You know, you go and buy shares or something in a company, you're going to notice what is going on with that company. You know, you, you're going to be very interested. Um, and, uh, you know, with the heart of the issue, the, you know, the, the way we deal with our money, our, our heart's connected. Um, and so if we tithe, it shows we're willing not to just keep the money for ourselves, we're, we're willing to, to let God have it and therefore have our heart. It's not, our heart's not tied up to the money. It hasn't got a hold of us. It hasn't got this tight control over us. And it shows, well, I love God more than money. 
and I'm going to trust God with the 90% and what he's going to do with it. And so that, that uh, it, it draws us close to God. You pray, <laughs> you pray toward, to, to God about your finances when you're giving to his work. Um, you know, last week we looked at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Can we see that again? Is that up there? Because um, we're talking about faith and finances and trusting in God. Look, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, because we're talking about the ways of God, submit to him and he'll make your path straight or he'll direct your paths. But read on. Um, what does it say? Uh, the next couple of verses. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Well, that's not really part of this message, but I love that fact. Did you, did you see that? It'll bring health to your body. Humility keeps you healthy, doesn't it? It says, don't be wise in your eyes. Fear the Lord. And the Bible's full of so much interesting, applicable stuff for your life. People all want to be healthy. Well, right there is a key. Nourishment to your bones. Forget osteo, brittle, whatever. No, have nourished bones. And, you know, believe for that. Um, but, but then, oh, spell correct. Autocorrect. What, what do you call it? I, had, I wrote down here, humidity keeps you healthy. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, maybe it does too. Humidity, is that good? Moisture in the, okay, there you go. See, well, aren't you glad you came to Jesus? You can have that for free. Humidity and humility. Keep it. All right, thank you. I, must, I did that without my glasses on. And, um, okay, but, but now, look, verse 9 and 10. Here's the, here's the flow on from trusting in God. Part of it, honour the Lord. See that word? Honour. Honour the Lord how? With your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. That's the tithe, the first 10%. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. So this, again, agricultural terminology saying the blessing of God is going to come. Your material world will be blessed when you honour God with your wealth. But notice the honour. That's the tithe and it's part of our honour of God or worship of God. Okay, second thing to note, these guys had been robbing God. These are God's words. He says, you're robbing me because the tithe, it's the Lord's. He's saying, that's, you're, you're, you're holding that back from me. You know, it's easy to think you're being really generous when you tithe because it's like, wow, 10%, all that. But of course, when you grasp the attitude of stewardship, you realise, well, it's not that generous because God's allowing me to have 90%. Everything's his anyway. And so it just sort of flips a switch in our mind and in our heart and we realise, well, I'm just returning to God part of what is all his anyway. And, and because they weren't tithing, they, it says they were under a curse. Now, notice God didn't send a curse specifically to get them, but, you know, there is a suffering, a kind of curse that occurs outside God's protection and provision. And they had just stepped away from that covering and that, that, that connection with God. And so there is definitely, in our lives, you'll see, you know, there's spiritual uh, dynamics at play in our lives that then end up flowing into physical and material realm. And so they were suffering from that. Of course, this is the Old Testament and things were different, but not completely different. So... You know, the original context, like we've said, agricultural society and all that, but, but and, and they were in 
in another era. They lived under the, the law and we live under the new covenant. And this is a, a, an issue some people have about tithing. They'll say, oh, it's Old Testament, it's, it's the law. Well, it is in the Old Testament, but as you may know, it was before the law. It predates the Mosaic covenant because it was part of Abraham's worship to God. You read about that in Genesis 14-ish. Uh, and then some say, oh, well, there's not enough teaching in the New Testament about it. Well, Jesus refers to the tithe. He rebukes the Pharisees at one point, but not because they were tithing. He actually affirms the tithing and says you should attend to that, but you should also love justice and love as well on top of that. And so uh, for us, yes, there are things that are different to the context that we read here, but the principles remain the same. It's still relevant for us. It's still applicable for us, yeah? I mean, you're not going to lose your salvation over it, you know, whether you're, you're tithe or not. God, we're saved by grace. Like I said, it's not what we do to kind of earn a position before God. But it's, um, uh, it's certainly a great principle to practice. All right, number three, notice that the tithe is to be brought into God's storehouse for provision. So, again, for them, that was the tabernacle, the temple, for the priesthood, the funding of it all, the farmers would you know, work out 10% bring in their agricultural produce. Uh, and again, you know, New Testament principle remains the same, but we have a monetary system. But the church is the spiritual storehouse in the same way that the temple and the tabernacle was in the Old Testament. So we get food for our souls from the Lord and from his work and from his house. So we get salvation and healing we sing that song, it's a house of miracles. How many times have you experienced God moving in your life that something dynamic about the gathering of the saints, about the, the worship experience, about maybe even an individual speaking a word of wisdom, a prophecy or just general advice, pastoral counsel that you receive from other, all kinds of stuff goes on. And we talk about the covering of God's house, the blessing of God's house. And so there's a storehouse, we get fed, we receive spiritual nourishment. You get, you know, friendships that go deeper to fellowship, you get lessons on how to live a great life. And uh, there's opportunities to engage in God's work and serve him and all this kind of stuff is available for us through Jesus and his church. And, you know, for myself, I would say some of the very best decisions I've ever made have been when I'm in the house of God, in an environment. I'm not distracted by stuff going on in the world. I'm not stressed out. I'm not right on the cold face of work or the decision that you need to make. You, you can step away and you're in God's house, you're worshipping. Sometimes, and I've said this before, I've had people say, oh, what you said changed my life when you were preaching. You said that, and I think, I didn't say that at all. I, I didn't even preach about it. I, I wasn't even talking about it. I go, oh, it was just amazing. And I'm just so glad because I've made this decision now, da 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 based on And I think, no, no, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm not taking credit for that. You know, they, they're just in a good environment where you're just seeking God. And the Holy Spirit settles and speaks and and moves in your heart and um and so you know we are so better off not in isolation but but in a community uh interrelational community but also just a community that provides a an atmosphere of engagement for god and that that happens in the church and so that's why he says bring the tithe in so there's food in the house so that 
you know, the doors of this church and other churches can remain open for people to come in and get nourished spiritually. Of course, it requires two things. It requires the givers, the faithful tithers, but it requires also good stewardship. You need decent financial management because <laughs> you don't want the money to just dissipate or get embezzled or something, you know, offhand. Um, so on one hand, it's good for us to trust God with our tithes and, you know, not have strings attached to it or micromanage what's going on or fuss or, you know, sort of tell people what to do with everything. But, but on the other hand, it's fair enough. We need to know what's going on with our money. And so we want to make sure that the tithes and offerings are being used wisely. And so I'm pleased to inform you that we have an amazing finance team. So a little aside uh, commendation here because um, it really is good to have good policies, good procedures, you know, offerings. I've never personally, we've been here, what, 27 years? I don't ever touch or count an offering. We've got uh, two people counting it and it's got regulations involved and we have our accounts audited every year with uh, the... ACNC and it's all available and all that. But, but our finance team, can I just give Linda a, a little plug? Because she's worked here for over 20 years in our office with finances. Pre- previously, she was the administrator of a Christian conference centre in Sydney. And so great experience in admin. Uh, Janelle is not here. She doesn't get mentioned. Sarah, that'll, that'll teach you. Uh, go to the Gold Coast. The house of God, didn't you hear? Uh, um, Sarah, Sarah um, is on our finance team and uh, apart from the fact that she's um, making herself available uh, on a voluntary basis, free of charge, she's also um, running, overseeing the accounts and finances of the company that she founded with her husband, which is just ridiculously, outrageously prosperous and successful. And Janelle will get a mention because she's not only a qualified bookkeeper, and does a great degree, great job, but she also holds a degree in counselling, which comes in handy when finances are stressful, and we all go and you need a shoulder to cry on, and Chanel to you know help us out. So um, I'm very thankful, and I just want to mention that because they do a great job, and um, and it, it is uh, important, and so that that should encourage us um, to know that the that there's food in the house, so to speak. Yeah. The tithes are invested well. The fourth thing to see here is that the tithing was a test of faith and still is a test of faith and of God's faithfulness. And the test is fascinating because God actually invites us to put him to the test, which is amazing because it's not a general rule in Scripture. (laughs) Quite the opposite. This is the only time that it's ever mentioned. You know... um, Jesus, you know, in the book of Deuteronomy, it's a commandment. Don't put the Lord to the test. Jesus actually quotes that to the devil when the devil is tempting him, saying, oh, he takes him up to the highest point of the temple and says, throw yourself off and then trust God to pick you up and save you. And he says, no, back off, nick off, devil. Uh, uh, and, and he says, and he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 4, don't put the Lord to the test. And here is the only exception, exception in Scripture where God actually invites his people to test him because he knows it's a challenge. He knows that people think, well, hang on, if I've got $100 and I put $10, I've got $90 left. Therefore, 
I'd be better off keeping the $10 than I have $100. Yay, I got more. You know, and, and, and your brain, and then Tithe says, no, put the 10 over there, you've got 90. Yeah, I've got 90. And you're going to do better with the 90 than 100. Well, I'm not because I've got $10 less. I can do maths, you know, you know. And your brain's nagging away saying, it doesn't make sense. And especially if you've got some financial pressures, you might be tempted to go, well, I just gonna, I can't. I can't tithe now. It's fine when there's plenty, but there's not plenty. And I'm not going to. And God says, no, no, you test me. Watch what happens. And so isn't that amazing? He, he invites us to test him. And we know from experience in our life, and perhaps you've been doing this for years and years and years, you know, the blessing of God somehow on the 90%. I don't know how it always works out, but it is, you always end up in front. You avoid debt. You, things work out. You get good gainful employment or your business goes well. It, it, you get the contracts that you seem to have struggled to get beforehand or you, you survive recessions and downturns like oldies like me have done a number of times. Global pandemics, you get through it. It's okay, you know. Things just have a habit of working out, yeah, which leads to the fifth point to note that God makes very clear that there's blessing that comes as a result of the tithe. So this isn't where we start, but it is a nice part of the process. We don't give to get. We give to honour God. We give to worship. We give to contribute. We give because it's exciting to be part of something rather than just looking on. But the blessing of God is kind of cool, very cool, and it keeps a cycle going so that when you're blessed, you're a blessing, and then you're blessed to be a blessing, and you keep getting a flow in and out of your life because he says here this blessing comes in two ways he says look i'll open up the floodgates of heaven you see that more literally the windows of heaven that's the literal translation which is a great great image isn't it great expression i don't know about you but i don't like the idea that god's got a window that is staying closed <laughs> you know and that there's blessing just on the other side of that window because it's just like the floodgates of a damn wall wow the floodgates of heaven god says he'll open them up and he'll pour out so much blessing you don't have room to contain it that is an outlandish promise isn't it and and so there's fulfillment of promises and then there's whole areas of wow believing for the fulfillment that is maybe not fully experienced but awaiting so much that you is anyone in that position so we've had times when you can say that's true, but that's a great promise to, uh, to believe for. And also notice that God says he'll prevent pests from devouring their crops, that they'll get a good harvest from their vines. The vines, you know, won't drop the fruit too early, which again, well, literally the Hebrew says, God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So you can see what's happening there for us because, you know, John 10 verse 10, Jesus said, the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And God will step in and rebuke the devil, the enemy that's trying to get at you and ruin your life and steal and make this not work out and your holes in your pockets and you work hard but there's nothing left over ah, and you seem to get into debt and why didn't that deal go down and all that. Well, God steps in and says, back off, devil. Get off, my child. And that spirit of attack or lack or debt or poverty goes. And, and so, like I said, there's spiritual things at play that end up flowing into material parts of our life. And God's the one doing the rebuking. That's pretty cool. 
And so, as I said, we've been around, we've lived through some recessions. And last week I shared how we uh, had a really tough time. Uh, I got retrenched and um, or made redundant, what do they say? And, uh, and there weren't any payouts back then. It was just the end. It was just like... See ya. We knew it was coming. This company in Melbourne had taken over and we're, and, and we're just going to work. Went for a few weeks. There's nothing to do. And then finally the guys came in, right? Here, bye. See ya. And, uh, and that was the end of it with none of these payouts. Um, and, uh, and I mentioned that our mortgage rates were over 17%. Um, what I forgot to mention was that when I did get another job, it didn't pay as well as the plum job that I'd had as the New South Wales director of something, I can't remember what I was called, but I was the area, the area manager, I was, uh, anyway, business development manager, I think it was called or something. Anyway, I got another job in that finance sector, it was okay, but didn't pay as well as the earlier one. And then I looked up and I found some notes that I had from that time. You know, the banks always say mortgage payments should be more than about 30% of your household income. We had calculated at that time that ours got up to 70% of our income. The mortgage. Okay, so, so, so you know how I said I just got the Bible, I put it on top of all the bills and, and I just, I literally put it on top and prayed and we kept tithing. And, you know, we've been singing, you know, this is a house of miracles. So one of those miracles really occurred for us then. That was a miracle that we made it through. And all glory to God because we were in his house, we prioritised his house, we tithed, tithed to the house and we survived. And it was really important that we didn't get into debt because you can always get credit card debt. We didn't accumulate any credit card debt. We've always paid off the credit card in full every month. And it was really important because that was 1991. No, that was 1990. 1991, we got a call to go to Russia and sell up and leave. And I couldn't have just gone, yeah, sure. And if I had a five, 10,000, whatever consumer debt that I had to stay and pay off. We were debt free. We were able to sell up. People said, oh, you'll never buy back into Sydney. Oh, fear, fear, fear. Well, we didn't have to. We came to God's own country. Didn't have to buy. Praise God, didn't have to buy back into Sydney, you know, but, you know, and if you have bought back, if you own a property in Sydney, well, God bless you. Sell up and tithe to God's house and come up to the Central Coast. Praise God. Um, and so uh, I just wanted you to know that that was just another example of the windows of heaven staying open above our lives and God rebuking the devourer that's coming through those little bills. Oh, every time they came in, it was like, you know. So come on, let's money manage our money God's way by putting him first, bringing the tithe into the storehouse and uh, and and seeing the blessing of God first. We... we if, seeing his blessing when we put him first. Um, and, and honestly, if you've never tithed before, then follow God's invitation. You know, you worship him in that way and you'll experience his house of miracles. Praise the Lord. And if you have tithed, then you continue to and believe for the windows to stay open. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.
Jesus.